with the John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show, and Wilcox Family Farm Eggs. Mmm, they're good. And good for you, too, Sherry. Thanks, Wilcox mm-hmm. Family Farms. Okay. Big fan of the Wilcox folks. Great family over there. All right. Thanks, guys, for being part of the show. Uh, ooh, got a lot to talk about. You're driving into the news! I just want to splash him. I went with a can opener. Cannonball or can opener? What are you on those diving in, Sherry? Uh, I don't know what a can opener is, so I'm going to say cannonball. You know, I, sometimes I feel sorry for you. Right. What? Where did you live? That you, There was something else you had no idea. It was just like a common yeah. thing. I forgot what it was. It was like, what, what were you doing most of the time? Oh, cornhole. I never heard <laughs> right. of the game cornhole. Right. Can opener. Dive into the water while in midair, you grab just one leg, lean back, and it causes a bigger splash. The double cannonball, although more impressive, showing some flexibility, you're not going to get the sort of displacement that you're looking for. All right? Okay, then I'm still going to go with cannonball. Suit, suit yourself. Okay. Do you know there's this thing of relatability in radio where people go, uh-huh. oh, you're really, yeah, I. Yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, I built a fort when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah I picked my low nose when I'm driving long distances like Joe does. But, like, <laughs> you know, mama. you're not knowing can a cornhole. Yeah, that makes me completely irrelevant. I not, mean... Not irrelevant. But the shock on your face when we were explaining, it's a beanbag, you throw it into a wooden hole, and then you were all weirded out by it. It just, it's no, really... I, I just didn't know what it was. I mean, I didn't grow up around cornholes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Save that one. Maybe oh. I had a little a little more sophisticated upbringing, but no, I oh, didn't. Here we go. Oh, now, now we're going to bring money into it. Now the people there that don't have as much scratch as you are like, I knew she was a snob. Somebody give me a cornhole bag. I'm not. I just didn't understand it because it wasn't part of my past. Cornholing was not... <laughs> <laughs> Your mom didn't say, "Sure, get out there and get some cornhole going." Uh, no, I don't. Be- I don't believe she ever said that. Okay, uh, let's take care of a bit of news. This is a um, this is a weird. First of all, what was this? What was this person thinking? They set up a GoFundMe for this guy, one of the people that is allegedly uh, that shot and killed somebody during the Kansas City uh, Super Bowl celebration. The guy's in the hospital, and somebody sets up a GoFundMe campaign because nothing says charity like trying to pay off the bills for somebody that was shot because they were in the middle of shooting other people. Total amount raised for this uh, person was $100. That was it. They took it. Yeah, and they took it down. This was done by his mother. Her name is Tennille Burnside, and she had a, a cash appeal for her son, Lydell Mays. Now, Lydell Mays's sister was with him the day of the shooting, and she claims that he was trying to protect her, that he didn't start the shooting, that it, it was to, to defend her, and that a group of young people came over to them. They could see that they had guns in their pockets, and she said he only shot because they shot at him. Oh. Um, and he said that the, the other, he's been charged with second degree murder, even though his was not the gun. That killed the lady, the DJ lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, other dumb fun needs I saw here. Somebody wanted a half a point, a half a pint of Henny. Hennessy. Uh, person wanted to get a tattoo removed from their forehead. These are all the ones. That oh, GoFundMe's. GoFundMe's. Yeah. yeah, fun to put a 
something on the moon. Mm. A fun to break up Russell Wilson and Sierra. That one didn't do so well. <laughs> Some of the ones out there. And then they fund for this guy's booty call. He got up to $325. I don't know what that gets you. So. Wow. Some of the other ones that went down in flames. So nobody wants to give money to the guy in the hospital. Flight attendants are warning passengers, Sherry, that this is a dangerous TikTok sleeping hack. They said, don't do it, because if something were to happen and the plane were to crash, <laughs> like anybody's going to survive. No one has ever survived a plane crash um, where the plane comes down and it just, you know, the seatbelt doesn't save people from these things. They even designed it. They said, if you really wanted to save somebody from a serious crash on a plane, everybody would have to face the other way. All the seats would have to face the other way because of the, the inertia of the human body and how the plane is moving forward. They said, but they don't want to set the seats up like that because it's too upsetting for people. You, it, it's disorienting and it, it could make them nauseous. They said, if you really wanted to do it, you would put the seats go the other way. There'd be so much other stuff. But the inertia of the, the effect of that seatbelt on your body um, but now people have found a clever way to uh, sleep. I don't know who came up with the idea, but a brilliant move because it's the thing that bugs people the most. You get your seat there, you get your feet, you're all kind of, you put your head to the window, or maybe you're the middle seat. So explain to people as best you can, Sherry, how to do the hack that the flight attendant doesn't want you to be involved in. You pull your knees up kind of to your chest, and mm -hmm. then you put your seatbelt around your ankles. So okay. if you were to fall asleep, you wouldn't fall forward. You would just sort of stay stationary. The flight attendants are saying this is a terrible idea because if we had some turbulence oh. or if we had an emergency, to unbuckle and then rebuckle your seatbelt takes a lot of time. Also, if you were to move forward, um, you could hit yourself in the head with your own knees, and mm. that would be a problem. Right. Um, but this would be a, the type of trick that not very many people would be able to do. I mean, it takes a little bit of flexibility to be able to put your – feet up on the, on the chair, and then buckle them in. I don't see a lot of, you know, 80-year-olds being able to do this. No, they're not worried about that kind of thing. But if you're flexible and you're younger and you're trying to find a comfortable position to fall asleep in, I've always tried to come up with, I think I saw it, somebody had it. My idea was this thing that goes around your neck, because the head is the biggest problem. Eight, whereas eight to 10, it weighs 8 to 10 pounds, and it's, you know, it's just off to one side. Oh, your neck gets hurt. Does this thing go around your chin and then we go around your head and then it'd be a string or a rope of some sort that would then go up. You could then hook it to the chair behind you or chick it, hook it behind your head or like somehow get it up into the ceiling somehow or maybe even connect it above into the overhead pack, uh, baggage area. Yeah, that wouldn't be too hard to undo in an emergency. Can you help me? I need to unhook my head. Have you seen this one? Is that one already doing it? Yeah, it's like this whole big contraption that you put in front of yourself and you just kind of lean into it. Oh, I've seen that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With a, it's an inflatable one. Right. Yeah. The other people walking around at 8 o'clock in the morning with the neck thing already on their heads. Oh, yeah, I know. And those are the worst. They don't really do anything. No. All they do is collect. Uh, lint and other people's uh, dead cells uh, from whatever's left on the back of the chair. And then you have it on the back of your neck as you carry around this big, weird, black donut you know, donut thing, half donut. Yeah. But they're always on sale at the at the airport shops. So you're like, wow, only four ninety nine. OK, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll go over and get myself a, you know, a good stiff drink at eight in the morning. What is it when people go to the airport, they completely lose track of any time. Would they ever be drinking like a Tom Collins at six in the morning? But it's like, 
Would you care for a drink? Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a margarita. Just time doesn't stand still. It just goes away. I don't, it's like uh, Einstein's theory of relativity that people just want to drink alcohol at an airport, regardless of what the time is. So I was with some friends and like, it was like we're catching a seven o'clock flight. You want to get a drink? I'm like, what? Let's go, to, let's go to the bar and get a couple of drinks. Why? Why? It's the morning. So he's got like a soda and, you know, a, I don't know, gin and tonic with eggs. <laughs> I'm one of those people. I, I uh, Bloody Mary's, double it up. Like I'm, I'm. That's how you get away with it. It's like oh, it's tomato juice. Yeah, it's got yeah, celery yeah. in it, so it's got. It's sort of like a breakfast thing, sure. sort of food kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I brought up the uh, Tom Collins got Sherry's favorite drink. I've seen her do a bunch of those over there at the Silver Cloud. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> with what to eat? Pete, ramen uh, noodles. Ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, old tech is becoming popular again. This is good news. If you've got an old Walkman, uh, somebody will pay for it. Because I guess it's hip now to have the old Walkman. That was the Walkman Sport. That was the yellow one with the orange little foam things for the oh, ears, yes. right? Remember that one? Yes. Or the larger ones. Or a Discman, which is also this weird thing where people got the disc things and they'd stick that in there and run around with your discs. Those were called CDs or compact discs. But they're also called a Discman. A di- yeah, but uh, they took a compact disc, not a disc thing. But yes, you're right. Okay. Okay. I'm I sorry. wish you were in the <laughs> position to hit your head on your knee right now. Um, who I don't know who's buying it, but people think it's hip again. Same thing with the flip phone. Those have become popular again. People are sort of saying to go, you know, anti super high tech. It's to be, you know, low tech and then to show yourself, I don't need that other thing. I think if you really want to be completely and absolutely cut off and really find yourself to have complete freedom is to have no phone. I would like to. I think Tom got there. When Tom left this show, I think it was the 6th of December, two or two years ago, he said he wasn't going to read any news. He wasn't going to watch anything. He was just going to read books and travel to France um, and movies and things like that. I don't know. Because he didn't like to use his phone much for that kind of stuff anyway. That is real freedom. That's You know you have reached you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're at the very top, very top of self-actualization, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You don't need a phone. You don't need to be in touch with it. You don't need to be looking. You don't need to be scrolling. Just nothing. It's just you and a good book or you and nature, you and your dog, just you not having the rest of the world come into your life. You think you'd ever get there? No, and I, I don't. I think I could get to the point where I wouldn't go on any apps or news things or whatever, but not having a phone, there's a real practical part of this where if you really needed a phone or if people needed to be in touch with you about family or things like that, but I could get to the point where I, I wouldn't look at my phone for anything else but phone calls. I can't right now, but I could I could do that probably. And I'll you, be down there. And you'd have a sense of freedom at that point. <laughs> Anytime... There was a couple of times when I either lost my phone or the phone went dead. I had an old phone for a really long time, and I did not want to replace it because it's so much trouble to replace it and get all the new stuff. So there were times when the phone didn't work, and, yeah, you get this weird exhilaration, this weird kind of uh, freedom that nobody can get in touch with you. You don't have to return any calls. It's all just not possible. And you had a sense that you were disconnected, but yet connected at the same time? Well, no, I was disconnected. (laughs) I was not connected at all. 
And I've, then I got a little panicky. Right. I read a story about this guy who was upset. I think it was when the Telegraph and they were able to then transmit news. And I don't remember the years. So the Telegraph was like 1830-something or something like that. But um, this guy said that when word got out that they would be able to deliver news around the world. He was in New York at the time. And he said, nothing good can come from this. Nothing good. For me to be made aware of a train accident in Houston, Texas, um, and to hear that there were two or three people killed, but the engineer survived, will do nothing for my life. And the, the fact that I will be able to get that news in, in a record amount of time, in time that I could, never could possibly imagine before, that the news could come to me from all around wherever anybody's connected to a to the uh, connection of the wire nothing good will come because there's nothing i can do about it it doesn't really mean anything in my life it's a distraction from what is important to my life and that was a hundred and some years ago where the guy called out where we will be overrun with all of this news and all of this information that is really when you think about it boils down to really not even having one iota of change in your life that it but yet we're drawn to it. We look at it. We constantly are taking it in, especially the more negative, um, more likely we are to watch it. Well, ignorance is bliss. But at the same time, in today's society, if you aren't up on certain things, not to say that you have to have be a news junkie or anything, but if you aren't up on current events, you're going to be a little out of it when it comes to conversation, unless you've got other people like you. Sure, nobody Nobody ingests as much of this stuff as we do. And even in conversations, you go to some cocktail party or something on a scale of one to 10, they're not even in the same class. You guys know all of this stuff and you're bringing up all this news. Even people that consider this about be well-read or be aware of the news, they don't know any of it. And you know it and it doesn't really do anything for you. You just happen to have this big body of news knowledge. But I think most people, if they weren't even aware of what was happening, it doesn't really make any giant impact on their daily lives and the decisions they're going to be, you know, you know, operating from. I have a feeling you've had this experience like I have, where somebody brings up something oh, yeah. at a party and you know all the details. Mm -hmm. They know like... They know like one or two things and you want to and, and I, I've done this before and I finally it's realized it's so annoying. They have to be so annoyed at me. I bring up every detail of it. I know yeah. all the facts. I know all of the and they're like, wow, OK, what do you know at all? Nerd. But yeah, because yeah. you know this stuff and they don't and you feel like you need to fill them in. Right. What was that thing the other day we were testing you on and you had been watching all of it and you knew like this random detail fact you had hung on watching the whole thing during the day. And we asked. Oh, it was the it was the Fannie Willis testimony. <laughs> yes, I go is that. I'm half of the one percent that watched. All right, it. let me ask you this one. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Because <clears throat> my first wife Paula watched the entire OJ trial and knew everything. Mm -hmm. Former Buffalo Bills running back, when asked how he cut his hand, what did he say? He had a suspicious cut on his right hand. Where did the uh, cut come from? It came from cooking. Cooking? Joe? Mm -hmm. I don't recall. Anyone? I don't think I was born yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, really, that's no excuse for not knowing this. 
he broke a glass, Sherry, at the hotel. He had broke a glass in the bathroom at the hotel. Oh, like OJ. When he went to pick it up, he, he <laughs> cut the cut his hand with the glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's kind of cooking. Getting a glass of water or something. Okay, yeah. That's for dinner. <laughs> okay, a glass why, of water. Why would you pick a sports question for me? Like, I would even that's notice that. That's not just sports. That has sports. to do with murdering yeah. people. Batters take it on the White Sox tomorrow. Aaron Granola, you got to be excited at the beginning of the season. Your thoughts on the uniforms? It's got a kind of uniforms. A little too see-through for my liking. Uh, but the team, I, you know, I was telling you off the air here, John, I'm yeah. talking myself into thinking they're going to be good. I don't know why I do this to myself. I know. But, you, uh, you're like the guy that, hey, can I open that window and climb out onto the ledge? <laughs> You're going to really pull hard on that window and get out there. Though. And then you spend the entire summer. And then unfortunately, just the early, early part of spring, I mean, September, <laughs> on the ledge. All right. Why does it bother you that the baseball uniforms might be a little see-through and more than that? Huh? I don't need to see that. I want to watch the baseball. I need to see their privates. You can see their privates? Well, if they weren't wearing certain gear underneath, you probably could. Right. Yep. Well, the problem is that's the way they made the uniforms. It's hard to get everybody on the same page when it yeah. comes to anything MLB related. But after reading all the social media outrage, I think there's one thing both baseball fans and its players just aren't feeling, and that's the new jerseys. In fact, the backlash over the new unis has gotten so big that one of the game's most prominent figures is speaking out. Uh oh. Philly star Trey Turner has spoken. The Turner, the Trey, the Trey Turner. And the man said, quote, I know everyone hates them. And he ain't the only one not feeling the new threads because yeah. one unnamed player from the Orioles uh -oh. told the Baltimore Banner last week that the look of it is like a knockoff jersey from TJ Maxx. I'm a Burlington guy myself, but fear not, fellas. Your union just may swoop in and save the day. MLBPA Executive Director Tony Clark told The Athletic that there was frustration over the jerseys and that the Players Association is looking to see if there can be any adjustments made to them. It, baseball uniforms are weird to begin with. Like, you're sliding headfirst into second, and you got buttons down the front of your shirt. Like, why not just, like, have a... Like a jersey you pull over without buttons. And then a belt? Like, what's that about? The whole thing seems so antiquated. It used to be made of wool, and then they cotton for a while, and then they moved to sort of a polyester. But these jerseys do look cheap. They're, the way their their names are on the back, they don't seem sort of as three-dimensional as they were. And just generally, it just looks like they're cutting back. Why do the managers have to wear the jerseys? That is the weirdest thing. Strange thing. Right? Tom Landry, when he used to coach for the, the Dallas Cowboys, he wore a hat and he got the tie mm -hmm. on. He wasn't going in. No. Why is the manager? He's 50, 60 pounds overweight. Big Big bellies. Big belly. He's what? It, it looks like the ah, the the skipper's going to come out. <laughs> Second base. The, the problem is that they use this new fabric because they were getting complaints because the, they would get so hot in those uniforms. Uh -huh. And so they use now this. Now you know what's heating up, Sherry? Yeah. They oh. use this uh, something called Nike Vapor Premier. Uh -huh. And it's sweat ticking technology. So. In other words, it, you Wicks. won't get it's wicking. Wicks. Wicking. Yes. No, wicking. Yes. yes. It's uh, and the part about the jerseys, the names are too small on the back. Mm-hmm. They don't like that at all. No. No. So 
Just one more black eye and, for the Major and League Baseball. And when they tuck in their shirts, it looks like they're wearing a diaper. Yes. It's You watch those poor guys. Poor. $300 million. <laughs> okay, so they slide into second base. Their shirts are pulled out. They, they got to undo their pants and then, you know, redress in front of 40,000 fans. You're putting your tuck shirt back in and get that looking sharp. They've got all sorts of rules in the NFL as well. I went around and spent the day. I had a chance to go behind the scenes of the NFL uniform inspector who goes around before the game starts. And you have to have you have white socks on, but you have to have some, I think, some like a stripe of black or something must show. You can't just have pure white. And he walked around. And he goes, hey, uh, got to change those, change those socks. I said, what's the fine? He goes, that's $5,000 fine on that. What's this? And he goes, you saw like a Nike logo on something. Yeah, you're going to get fined for that. So he goes around and warns all these guys. And then he goes at halftime, if they haven't changed it, and he finds them. That was his job. I could do that. Okay. There you go. go. But yeah, I'm sure they're really going to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen, Sherry, the baseball will probably now that it's become such a big deal. I guess they wanted to save money on it. The weird thing is you go to spend all the money, you spend all the time in order to be able to do this, and then it turns out to be not good. Didn't somebody along the way go, hey, it looks really transparent. I mean, it looks kind of cheap. Why didn't somebody along the way say, this this looks like crap. Why not bring a player in or somebody else in to sort of look at it as opposed to just putting it out there for everybody to have to have it? Because I want you to see the balls, okay? I'm sorry. (laughs) Hold on a second. Andrew wanted to say something. Because I want you to see the balls, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, Sherry. (laughs) Got it. That makes perfect sense. Moving on to the fact that men will pay up to $10,000. I don't know anybody that's doing this. Speaking of wardrobe malfunctions, uh, white-collar men are paying thousands of dollars for personal stylists. That'll teach you how to dress properly, get the right blazer and then a nice pant and then, you know, a belt that goes with it and the shoes and everything because you have to look good. You don't look good. You pay a stylist to teach you how to do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they say that they're part Marie Kondo, which is, of course, the anti-cluttered lady, Mm -hmm. part therapist and personal shopper. And a lot of these guys are tech guys and they realize that they're wearing very casual clothes, and they're maybe not having the impact that they want on the rest of the office. Mm -hmm. They want to be the boss, but they don't want to overdress. They don't want to underdress. So they consult with these people. It could cost Mm. $5,000, $10,000. Now, it used to be that wives would, like my mom bought all my dad's clothes, (laughs) and he liked them, and she had really good taste, so it worked out. But most wives don't have time to do that anymore. So they want to have, you know, they, they're very smart people. They say they're long on memory, short on clothing knowledge. Yes, that's their problem. Nick left me when we were in uh, Ibiza, Spain. We were in Ibiza and we went into some stores. She went to go to another store. I went in there looking for something. Guy in there just spinning me around, oh, you need this and that, and this is so good for you, this this is so good for you, this, 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 this. I'm like, really, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is good, this is good, yes, yes. Oh, yes, here you this scarf, you put scarf on me, and nice pants, a shirt. I was like, really? Oh, yes, for you, for your body, this is perfect, perfect. You look so good, so, so good. Let me get you a hat. So he gets me a hat, right, and glasses, and I got sunglasses, a hat, this big scarf. He's wrapping it around me, got these <laughs> pants, this big, right? I'm like, really? I don't know, really? Oh, yes, Catelli. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're so perfect, perfect, perfect. You, this is, this is it. This is the look, right? It's like, I don't know. I, no, 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 no. So good, so good, so good. I was like, 
Guy, you're looking like Lenny Kravitz. Oh, I look like Elton John. <laughs> like somebody from Birdcage. I've never looked more gay, right? And I hand the guy, the credit card, like $600. I'm thinking, oh, okay, I guess I'll look hot. You're so good, so good. I walk out. Nick's like, what the hell? I was like, really? Really? With the scarf and the pants? What about the pants? What about this? What about the hat? Oh, shush up. That, that would be enough wow. for me. I have a picture of it. I'll send it to coming. you. Yes. Oh, I'll send good. You Instagram, please. Yeah, Nick's like, oh, my God. God. I go, tease. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you. Yeah. Ooh. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, that's wow. Do, well, you know what? Maybe not all those together at once. <laughs> I got to see this. Oh, God. The guy had I kept telling me because it was funny. He's got the accent. He looks great. Yep. And then he's like, all of a sudden, I needed this. And, uh, kept adding more and more stuff, and the price kept going up. They know what they're doing. Oh, they do. Yeah. They know how to work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, this, that, these, two. Ooh, the, the hat, the hat, the hat. When you're there, it's like being in the Bahamas, and you get your hair braided, right? You're a white chick with braided hair, right? No. Corn. <laughs> I've been in the You've Bahamas. seen it. You've seen okay. it, though, right? Yes, you know I know. I went in Rome. I get it. Get it, right. But then when you you get back into the United States, the person in customs should take the hat, the scarf, the belt, the weird shoes, the, everything away from you. Welcome back to the United States. I'm going to be taking all of these clothes <laughs> right. from you to save you. de-dork you. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Teeny is in a great mood, Sherry. She's getting ready to get all those letters that are pouring in right now. You're right to us at the Muckleshoot Casino Resort Tech. That's right, Teeny. one 888 She's brought lunch from home. What'd you bring, Teeny? Potato. All right. Ugh. Come on, Sherry. <clears throat> um, I mean, you know, it's so predictable. With her. So am I. Consistency. That's what the listeners want. Okay. There's Potato. A... Okay, there's a guy. Potato. <laughs> Are we do a potato off now? That you're going to do? <laughs> yeah? We... If you let me. Go ahead. Okay. Potato. Potato. Okay. Potato. Okay. Potato. Come on. Potato. Potato. Okay, stop. Both of you, stop. This makes no sense. Anybody tuning in and be like, what the hell? Okay? We're news and entertainment, not news and absurdity. Okay, one more, Sherry. Okay. One more. Just do one more. Potato. Potato. Serial cheater wants Elon Musk uh, to come up with something with a Neuralink. That's the thing that goes in the brain because he says that he keeps cheating. He can't stop him from cheating. He's always cheating all the time. He's hoping it to change his uh, adulterous ways. Uh, Elon Musk has not written back yet, but this guy is just hoping that that could save him from his lustful intentions. Yes, because Neuralink according to Elon Musk, could eventually help with addictions. Mm. And since sexual addiction is an addiction, he's thinking that if I had this put in my brain, maybe I would stop cheating on my wife. He says she's been che he's cheated on his wife repeatedly over 17 years. Mm. And he put this on Reddit, and of course the people responded. And they said, um, have your wife get tested for STDs. That's a better plan. I mean, basically said to him, you're using that as an excuse. 
get it together and, and just knock off the bad behavior. Yeah, just knock it off. Well, I saw this. Dr. Phil was on talking about the fact that it's in your genes. It's part of your brain. Dr. Phil is here, and he says a Ooh, brain scan a long time ago, Harry may Smith. be able to reveal whether a man will cheat on his wife. Can <clears throat> people, though, be born with a cheating brain? There are a lot of traits that go into this, right? And obviously, a lot of this is learned. A lot of it's social, probably 70%, something like that. Right. But there are things in our makeup that make us at high risk for this. For example, if you have... There's a chemical called oxytocin, mm -hmm. which has to do with bonding. Right. If that's low, you've got a problem. If testosterone is high, you've got a problem. They have looked at an infidelity gene called right. LL334, and men that have that gene in one or two copies tend to have twice as much uh, marital disharmony and discord. Right. And you could look, for example, raise your hand up. Okay, uh -oh. if this ring finger is longer than your index <laughs> finger, right. there is evidence that you're more at risk to cheat. Let's see what you got here. No, it's, uh, it's You're right. about even, so you're fairly safe. What is it again? If your ring it's finger... A, it's same as same a psychopath. Thing, yeah, yeah, same as a psychopath. If yeah. your ring finger is longer than your index finger, you're well, not only a psychopath, but you're more inclined to cheat. The lesser of those evils, but still... You got a lot of bad things going on if that's the case. Let's see your hands again. I don't know where they are. I think I left them at home. <laughs> bet, okay. Safe. You're a pretty safe bet. But you know, that, that tells you that they were in a high testosterone environment in utero. And right. so it's been shown to have some prediction sure. whether somebody's at risk or not. So there are a lot of chemical things. What's the uh something happened in vitro or in Utero? There was Utero. there was more testosterone in utero, and therefore that's why you have that particular feature mm. where mm. the mm. difference in the finger length. Right. You see those hands again? Yeah, Don't do it again. Take a look. No. Let's take a look. <laughs> just just double check it, because we know. <laughs> They're Don't always like that. Up. No, they're always <laughs> like that. Oh, I hadn't noticed. <laughs>